Well, amen uh, and amen. If you have your Bibles with you today, go ahead and turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5 verses 15 through 21. That's where we're going to uh, be looking today. So while you're turning there, I want to go over just a couple things real quick. First of all, welcome to Tylertown Church on this Sunday morning. We're so glad that you chose to come here and worship with us today. Uh, my name is Ben Scott. I'm actually a deacon here at Tylertown Church uh, and I also have the, the privilege currently to serve as the interim student leader. And I'm really excited for the opportunity to speak to everyone today. Uh, our pastor, Brother Irvin Waswa, is actually out of town. Uh, he's even out of the country. He's, he's visiting family back in Africa. He got the chance to go back for a couple weeks. He's having a great time. He told me to tell you all hello, but he's enjoying himself. But that means I get the privilege to speak to you all today. And uh, I'm really excited to be up here. I'm really excited for... Um, a message that I feel like God has placed on my heart. It's a, a sermon that uh, I've kind of been, I guess, sitting on and thinking over for a very, very long time. And I titled it, Walking in the Wisdom of the Spirit. Walking in the Wisdom of the Spirit. And we see that here in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21. But before we look at the text there's a couple of things I want to go over, kind of give you a background into uh, the book of Ephesians, into what is going on leading up to this. Right, so Ephesians is a letter written by a man named Paul to a church in Ephesus. That's a city in ancient Greece. And Ephesians is unique as a book of the Bible because it can almost be split directly down the middle. Right, the first half of Ephesians, chapter one through chapters one through three, are really doctrinal. Right, in those chapters, Paul is explaining basically some basic tenets of the Christian faith. Uh, he's not really trying to tell anyone what to do. He's just laying down some foundational truths about Christianity. And then we come to the second half of Ephesians, and Paul begins to be a little bit more practical. He, he starts to talk about how we can uh, apply those things, those truths that he's just acknowledged to our, to our lives. And that's where Ephesians chapter 5 comes in, and Paul starts to talk about how we can be filled with the Spirit of the Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit, and how that should impact the way that we live. And so we come to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21. I'll ask that you read along with me. If you, if you don't have your Bible, you can follow along on the screen there as well. But Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21 say this. Paul says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, walking in the wisdom of the Spirit. Will you pray with me, church? Father God, I pray that over the next few moments, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would settle in this room, God, that hearts would be open, that, that, that hearts would be touched, God. I pray that you would move me out of your way, God, that you would hide me behind the cross, Lord, and that you would deliver the message that you want spoken here today, God. I pray that we would all leave this room feeling encouraged to go out and to walk in the wisdom of of the Spirit. Father, we love you, we praise you, we thank you, and we pray all these things in your holy name. Amen. Amen. So perhaps when I say the word wisdom, 
certain images or pictures come to your mind, right? When I say wisdom or when I talk about someone being wise, you probably think of a few specific things, right? I know that's definitely the case for me. When I, when I think about wisdom, when I think about people who are wise, I think about two very specific people, uh, and those two are Gandalf and Yoda, right? Gandalf and Yoda. As someone who grew up absolutely loving Lord of the Rings, I've shared that with you all before, but also loving Star Wars, I mean, Gandalf and Yoda have got to be the epitome of wisdom, right? They are the, the pillars, the pinnacles of wisdom in their, in their given worlds. Uh, to make it maybe a little bit more practical, when I think about wisdom, I think about my grandfathers. Um, both of my grandfathers were pastors. One of them is still alive. One of them uh, passed. But they're very wise men who I've always really looked up to and admired. And I think that's probably the case for all of us. There's specific people that we think of when we think about wisdom, when we think about being wise. And while that's well and good, I think that can lead us to um, sometimes some dangerous thinking, right? It can trick us into thinking that wisdom is for a select few, right? That there's a certain elite that, that kind of own wisdom. Theirs is wisdom. The rest of us, we just have to come to them. But that's really not what we see in Scripture. Here in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul makes no distinction. He's calling all of us to walk in wisdom, we can also look in Titus, another letter written by Paul. In Titus 2, he's very straightforward. He's very clear. Paul calls the older men, the younger men, the older women, the younger men, women, literally everybody in the church to walk in wisdom. And we see here in Ephesians, 5, Ephesians chapter 5, sorry, he calls us all to walk in the wisdom of the Spirit. And so today I want to focus on three encouragements that we see here from Paul, three things that we have to do if we want to walk in the wisdom of the Spirit. Three things we have to do if we're to walk in the wisdom of the Spirit as Christians. And the first one is this. If we're going to walk in the wisdom of the Spirit, we have to know wisdom. Right? Before we go any further, before we talk about walking in the, in the wisdom of the Spirit, we first have to stop and we have to say, okay, what does it mean to walk in the wisdom of the Spirit? What is wisdom that Paul is talking about here? Because I think wisdom can be a tricky word to define, but it's a really important word. It's a tricky word to define, but it's a really important word. Right? If you think back to ancient Greece, right, the, the, the culture in which this letter is being written, wisdom was of prime importance. Okay, the Greeks were all about wisdom. Think about all the philosophers that have come from ancient Greece, you know, Aristotle, Plato, Socrates, they all wanted to be wise. It was something they all strove after. And I think in a similar way, our world today I think we do have a lot of people that want to be wise. I don't know about any of you, but I don't really know many people who are walking around saying that I want to be foolish or I don't want to be wise. But I think it's something that we all hold as a prized virtue. But at the same time, I think our world can have a warped view of what wisdom truly is. See, sometimes I think we get wisdom confused with, with knowledge, or we get wisdom confused with information, or we can get wisdom confused with cleverness, or throw in all sorts of words there. But church, let me tell you right now, if wisdom was simply knowledge or information, our world should be wiser than it's ever been. Right? If wisdom is knowledge or information, our world should be wiser than it's ever been, but I don't think that's the case at all. Right? As a matter of fact, I think that the more unfiltered access we have to information, the more unfiltered access we have to knowledge, the less wise we become, the harder it becomes for us 
to truly grow in wisdom. And so our world struggles to give us a good definition of what it means to be wise. But fortunately for us as Christians, we don't have to go to the world to look for that definition, right? We have it right here in God's word. So what does it mean, right? What is, what is wisdom that Paul's talking about here? But when we look in scripture, we find some help. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, right? Proverbs, that great book of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And there's a similar verse in Proverbs chapter 1 right there, but we see the fear of the Lord, knowing God, that is the beginning of wisdom. And that word beginning that you see there actually has a couple ways that you can interpret it. Right? It can mean beginning as in a starting point, like the beginning of a race. It is where you start to grow in wisdom, but it can also be translated as foundation. And so the fear of the Lord, knowing God, it is the starting point and it is the foundation of true wisdom. We will not ever have the wisdom of the Spirit until we get that right first. But it, it doesn't just end there. It doesn't just end there. Look again at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 with me. Verses 15 and 16, Paul says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. He says, look carefully how you walk, and he says, make the best use of the time. Now again, that word time, in Greek, there's two words for time. You have chronos, which we get the word chronology from. That's, you know, the passing of time, of seconds, of hours, of days. But then you have kairos, and kairos is maybe better translated as opportunity, or, or moments. It's a period in which you take action, and that's the word that Paul is using here. He's not saying make the best use of our time, as in you have to spend every second of every day trying to grow in wisdom, because that's not really super realistic. What he's saying here is to make the best use of our moments, to act wisely. He doesn't say pay careful attention to how you sit, to how you think. He says pay careful attention to how you walk. Right, Because to be wise isn't simply to know. There's more to it than that. To be wise, to, to walk in the wisdom of the Spirit, is an active verb. It's something you do. It's not simply something that you possess. We're not simply told all throughout Scripture to be wise. We're told to live wisely. To live wisely. This is reflected in a parable that Jesus gives in Matthew chapter 7. You've probably heard of it. Uh, before, the parable of the wise man and the fool, right? The wise man, a storm's coming. The wise man, he builds his house on the rock. The foolish man, he builds his house on the sand. The storm comes. You've probably heard the parable. The wise man's house stands. The foolish man's house is washed away by the storm. And and that's a, a good parable, but it's kind of pointless if we don't look at what Jesus describes as the difference between the wise man and the fool. But we see in Matthew chapter 7, what differentiates them is this. Jesus says the wise man is like everyone who hears these words of mine and does them. The fool is everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't do them. You see, they both heard God's word. They both knew God's word. The difference between the wise man and the fool is that the wise man did them. He lived wisely. He walked in the spirit of wisdom. And we see here in Ephesians chapter 5 that the call is the same Wisdom isn't simply hearing or knowing God's word, although that's a great foundation. That's the the perfect starting point. There's more to it than that. It's something that we have to live out, to walk in the spirit of wisdom. We have to acknowledge that true wisdom isn't just knowing God and knowing his word. It's acting upon it. It's living it out. 
And it's only when we understand that definition, it's only when we understand that's what Paul means here when he's talking about wisdom, that we can move on to the second point, we grow in wisdom. Right? It's only when we know wisdom that we can grow in wisdom. We can grow in wisdom. To walk in the spirit of wisdom, we have to grow in wisdom. We have to pursue wisdom over the things of the world. Let's look at verses 17 and 18. Paul says, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. See, Paul uses a pretty strong, a pretty interesting metaphor here. He talks about, he contrasts, if you will, someone being filled with wine and someone being filled with the Spirit. It's essentially a metaphor about getting drunk. It's a metaphor of someone getting drunk. But when we, when we break it down, when we think about it, it can be really impactful, right? Because when someone is filled when, with wine, when someone is getting drunk, it doesn't just affect them for one moment, right? It affects all of the actions that they take going forward. It doesn't, they're not only filled with the alcohol, if you will, but they are now being filled by the alcohol because everything they consume going forward, every action they do is directly influenced by what fills them. And when we're filled with the Spirit, it's the same way, right? We're not only filled with the Spirit, we're filled by the Spirit. The implications are this. Yes, the Holy Spirit should fill us, it should guide us, but it should also become the filter through which we consume everything. And that's the key to growing in wisdom. It's to first let the Holy Spirit fill our souls. Let the Holy Spirit come in, and so it can now become the filter through which we fill our hearts, through which we fill our minds, the filter through which we interact with every single person we come across with. We interact in every single instance in which we find ourselves, and it has to be an active pursuit. Right? Being filled with the Holy Spirit isn't just a one-time thing. It happens, and, and I'm done. No, it's a daily, continual pursuit of the things of God, of walking in the wisdom of the Spirit, of, of living out a life where we are in active pursuit of God. We're not just sitting there and just doing nothing. You see, oftentimes, I think we, we think of wisdom as something that just comes kind of naturally. All right, when, we think of, when we think of wisdom, I don't want to use the word old, but we tend to think about people older than us, right? We think that it just comes naturally to them, right? Some of you may see Brother Cliff's white beard and immediately think, okay, that man has to have a lot of wisdom, and, and he does, I assure you, but I can promise you that didn't, that's not just something that comes through osmosis, if you will. I mean, hopefully you do get a little bit wiser as you get some experience under your belt and you get a little bit older, but just like any fruit of the Spirit, just like any character trait that we, we as Christians are called to reflect Christ in, wisdom is something that has to be pursued. It has to be cultivated. It's something that we have to have as a prize before us where we constantly are chasing after it, especially if we're talking about the wisdom of the Spirit here. So how do we grow in wisdom? How do we grow in wisdom? I want to look at three foundational ways that we can grow in the wisdom uh, of the Spirit. But I don't know about you all, but when I was growing up in school, when, when we were having health uh, I learned about this thing called the food pyramid, right? Who knows? Who's familiar with the food pyramid? I don't think they teach that anymore. I think the food pyramid has kind of been disproven. It was uh, not exactly the most healthy thing for us to learn about. But anyway, I learned about the food pyramid. Uh, and if you're unfamiliar, essentially there's this pyramid where 
you have your healthiest foods, the ones that you're supposed to eat the most of sitting at the bottom. I think it's like grains or something like that. Above that, you have fruits and vegetables, and it kind of uh, ascends into the, at the very top of the foods that you're supposed to have the least of, the sugars, the fats, um, all those unhealthy things. Well, last year, a man by the name of Brett McCracken, who is the senior editor for the Gospel Coalition, he wrote a book called The Wisdom Pyramid. The Wisdom Pyramid. And in it, he makes a direct comparison between the food pyramid that we learn for how we can you know, grow healthier to this pyramid that he makes of how we can grow as Christians, grow in the wisdom of the Spirit. And at the very bottom of his pyramid, the foundational layer for how we as Christians can grow in wisdom, we have Scripture. Scripture. God's Word, the Bible, is the source of wisdom for our lives. It is the source of wisdom for our lives. Scripture should inform and shape everything that we do, every action that we take, every thought that we think, every breath we take, every step we take. I'm starting to sound like the police here. I don't mean to do that, but Scripture should have a total all-encompassing control on how we live our lives. And again, guys, again, this is more than simple knowledge. It's more than simple knowledge. To truly grow in the wisdom of the Spirit, we have to approach Scripture with a humble posture. We have to approach Scripture with a humble posture. You see, Brother Ross, we come to the Bible to be shaped by it, not to shape it into what we want it to be. We come to God's Word to be shaped by Him, not to shape it into what we want it to be. And it's only when we come to Scripture with that posture that we truly can grow in the wisdom of the Spirit. Right? The Bible is full of many practical passages of wisdom. I've already referenced the book of Proverbs, and those practical passages can have a, a direct or a general impact on how we live our lives. But the wisdom that we find in the Scripture is so much more than those pithy sayings. It's so much more than just memorizing a verse, although that is great. When we come to the Word, when we pick this thing up and, and we truly look into it, we are encountering God. Right? The Bible is God's spoken word to us, the creator of the universe, the great I am, the one who was and is and forever will be, the Alpha and the Omega has directly spoken to us, and we have it right here. We can encounter both the creator of and the perfect model for wisdom. And there's no better source for us as Christians to grow in the wisdom of the Spirit than to spend time reading and hearing, and studying his word. And so we come to scripture to grow in wisdom. And then we have prayer. Prayer. Look at James chapter 1, verse 5 with me. I believe it's on the screen. James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. We see right there, God tells us in his word, if we want to grow in the wisdom of the spirit, if we want to, to be someone who lives wisely, all we have to do is come before him and just ask him to help us grow in wisdom. We ask him to help us grow in wisdom. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. And, and Paul calls us here, he says, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And if we want to understand what the will of the Lord is, to walk in that wisdom, we have to turn to God. 
We have to turn to God. If we want to be wise with the way we live, the way we walk, we should daily seek God in prayer and seek his will, and then he will make our paths straight. Then he will show us the way he wants us to walk. But again, even the posture of prayer itself is a natural cultivator for wisdom. The posture of prayer itself is a natural cultivator for wisdom. Every time we we pray, we are acknowledging that we don't have the answers, that we cannot do it all on our own. When we pray, we humbly turn ourselves to God. We seek his guidance. We ask him to step in and intervene. We acknowledge that we are utterly and totally reliant on him. We are nothing. He is everything. And we desperately need his influence, his power to impact every second of our lives, every single day. And if we want to grow in wisdom, we have to be spending time seeking God's face through prayer. So we have scripture, we have prayer, and a third foundational way that we can grow in wisdom is church. The church. When I say church, I'm not simply referring to showing up on Sunday morning and hearing Pastor Irvin give a message, although I do want to say that is a fantastic way to grow in wisdom, to show up, to hear a man of God every Sunday morning, pour out a heart, pour out a message that the Holy Spirit has given to him. That's a great way to grow in wisdom. But church goes so far beyond that. Church isn't just, you know, a Sunday morning event. Okay, we are the church, the body of Christ, his Christians are the church. When I'm talking about growing in the wisdom of the Spirit through the church, I'm talking about surrounding yourself by other Spirit-filled believers who are united for one singular purpose, and that's Christ. Right? Surrounding yourself with, as the Scripture says, people who will sharpen you as iron sharpens iron, who will help you continually be spending time in the Scripture, continually seeking God's face through prayer. That's what the church is all about. A healthy church serves as a constant reminder for us that we are not the star. We are not the main character. We are just part of God's overarching story. It's not about us at all. It's all about God, and we just get to play our part for him. That unity, that reminder, surrounding yourselves with people who constantly challenge you to be better, is such a foundational way for us to grow in the wisdom of the Spirit. Beyond that, a healthy church also means that we're surrounded by people with different thoughts, different backgrounds, different perspectives from our own. I mean, look around in here, church. I don't think there's anything else that exists on earth that could bring this specific group of people united to one single place except for church, except for Christianity. And so a healthy church is surrounding yourself with people who think differently than you. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. See, a fool doesn't want to have anything to do with what other people might say. A fool's going to do everything his way. He doesn't care what you think. He doesn't care what anyone else has to say. A wise man is surrounding himself with people who are different than him, with people who can give him advice, who can, who can speak the gospel into his life so he can continue to grow in the wisdom of of the Spirit. And there, there are so many other ways that we can grow in wisdom. Right, there's so many other ways. Reading books written by great authors who are inspired by the Spirit, getting out and beholding the beauty of God's nature. There's wisdom to be found in so many things, but if we want to be growing in the wisdom of the Spirit, which we should because Paul is calling us to do that here, 
We need to be spending time in Scripture. We have to be approaching God daily in prayer and and seeking His guidance. And we need to be involved in the church, surrounding ourselves with other Spirit-filled believers who can point us back to God. So if we want to walk in the wisdom of the Spirit, we first need to know wisdom. If we want to walk in the Spirit of wisdom, we have to grow in wisdom. And thirdly, what we see from Paul here is if we want to walk in the Spirit or in the wisdom of the Spirit, we have to show wisdom. We have to show wisdom. Look with me at verses 19 through 21. Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. Walk in the wisdom of the Spirit. And he says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. To walk in the spirit of wisdom means that we live a life where the Spirit's filling is evident to all of those around us. It's evident to all of those around us. People that we see every single day will look at us, and just like you can look at somebody and tell when they are intoxicated, you can tell when they're filled with wine, people should be able to look at us and tell, okay, that person's different. They are filled with something that I want to be a part of, and we're filled with the Spirit. And Paul highlights a couple ways here, a couple ways here that the Spirit's filling, the wisdom of the Spirit will be evident in our lives. And first is this, it will be evident through our worship and thanksgiving. Our worship and thanksgiving. He says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything. You see, possessing the wisdom of the Spirit It means we recognize what the Lord has done for us and we make our worship of him the focal point of our lives. We recognize what he has done for us and we make our worship of him the focal point of our lives. We live in a posture of constant praise, of constant thankfulness for the one who created us, the one who put breath in our lungs, the one who even gives us the opportunity to live a life full of wisdom. A mature, a wise Christian will have a heart of praise, will have a heart of worship, a heart of thanksgiving, no matter what comes their way, no matter what they're going through in their life. Now, don't get me confused here, right? Because I'm not saying that we walk around pretending that everything is just rainbows and butterflies and flowers and that life isn't hard, that life is so easy, and we just walk around all the time being over-the-top happy. I'm not saying that at all, right? I'm not, I'm not that kind of person. You can ask my wife. I'm very much not the always walk around like everything's fine, everything's okay, smiling. Um, but that's okay. Because you don't have to be like that to possess a true inner joy, a true inner heart of praise and worship. And when you have that inner heart of praise, when you have that inner heart of worship, when you live a life that is just defined by your thankfulness, it's going to be evident to those around you. People around you are going to look at you and they're going to see that that person is filled with the Spirit. It's not showy. It's not just to make yourself look great, but it's genuine. It's genuine and it's evident. And so Paul says we'll show our wisdom through our through our worship and our thanksgiving. And then finally he says this, that we will show our wisdom through our humility. Through our humility. He calls us to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Those who are filled with the wisdom of the Spirit, 
will naturally humble themselves. Those who are filled with the wisdom of the Spirit will naturally humble themselves. Think back to when I was talking about growing in wisdom. Scripture, prayer, the church, all of those are naturally humbling activities. When we do those things, we admit and we acknowledge that we do not have all the answers. We do not possess total truth. We cannot do it on our own. We have to come to a God who does have all the answers. We have to come to a God who does hold the truth. We have to come to other spirit-filled believers who can help us determine that, who can help us grow in wisdom. It is naturally, wisdom is naturally a humbling thing. James chapter 3 verses 13 through 16 say this, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, a.k.a. where there is no humility, there will be disorder and every vile practice. You see, honestly, pursuing wisdom causes us to be humble anyway, but if we're filled with the wisdom of the Spirit, we should seek and desire to humbly serve others. And this has massive implications for the sake of the church. Right? Without humility, there's no wisdom. And without wisdom, there's no humility. There's a package deal. And we cannot have a church that lacks both humility and lacks wisdom. If there's no humility, if there's no wisdom, as James chapter 3 tells us right there, the church will fall prey to disunity, disorder, as the writer of James says, will fall prey to every vile practice. We will become no different from the world. We'll become no different from the things in our lives that Christ died to save us from. And so that's why it's vital that we as Christians are actively pursuing wisdom, that we actively pursue the wisdom of the Spirit, not only for our own personal sake, not only so that we on a personal level can grow in wisdom and walk in the wisdom of the Spirit, but for the sake of advancing Christ's kingdom here on earth and bringing glory and honor to his name through the church. It's only when we humble ourselves that we can truly walk in the wisdom of the Spirit. And so as I start to wrap things up and we enter to our response time, I'm going to ask the band, if they would, to come on up and begin to start playing. But church, our world is crying out for wisdom. Our world is crying out for wisdom. Whether people realize it or not, there's a void of wisdom out there. There's a void of truth, of certainty, of God's spirit out in the world just waiting to be filled. I referenced the book by Brett McCracken earlier, The Wisdom Pyramid. I want to read a quote uh, from that book real quick. He says, Our world has more and more information, but less and less wisdom. More data, less clarity. More stimulation, less synthesis. More distraction, less stillness. More pontificating, less pondering. More opinion, less research. More speaking, less listening more to look at, less to see, more amusements, less joy. Church, there's a world of hurting people out there just begging for a wise church to step up and to show them the way. 
begging for a church just filled with God's spirit to step up and to walk in the wisdom of the spirit. And if the church of Christ is to thrive, if it's to grow, if it's to live out its mission of advancing God's kingdom here on earth, which make no mistake the Bible calls us to do, then it is imperative that its Christians walk in the wisdom of the spirit. Not just a select few, not just a spiritual elite, but every single one of us has to pursue the wisdom of the Spirit. And so, church, I think the challenge for us today is simple. The challenge is simple. We must first know what wisdom is. Right? We're not going to go anywhere. We're not going to be able to walk in the wisdom of the Spirit if we don't know what wisdom is. Recognize that it's, it's something that is Active. It's something that has to be walked in, not simply just something we possess and something that we sit on. We must know what wisdom is. We must daily choose to grow in wisdom, to pursue it, to set it as a prize before us where we daily strive to, to more and more walk in the wisdom of the Spirit. And then thirdly, as Paul encourages us here, we must show wisdom in the way that we live. We must show the wisdom of the Spirit in the way that we live to all of those who see us, to everyone we encounter. Living a life defined by our praise, defined by our worship, our thankfulness to the Creator of all things. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed as we enter into our time of response, I think that call to know wisdom, to grow in wisdom, to to show it, to pursue it always, is something that applies to every single person in here. And I think there's these questions, there's some questions that we all need to ask ourselves. Right first, are we seeking wisdom in the right places? Are we seeking wisdom in the right places? Just as the scripture tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning, it's the foundation of wisdom. We have to ask ourselves if that foundation has been laid. If we've got ourselves to that starting point, have we truly submitted to God? Do we, do we fear the Lord? Are we seeking His will? Have we truly acknowledged that we don't have the answers, that we can't do it on our own, that we are totally reliant on Him? Are we cultivating wisdom in our lives? Or do we just think it's something that's going to happen naturally? Right? Are we daily spending time on, on things that help us grow in wisdom? reading scripture, studying God's word, seeking him in prayer, surrounding ourselves with with other believers and fellowshipping with them? Are we just spending all our time consuming those things that really at the end of the day have little to no value? And finally, are we showing the wisdom of the spirit to those around us? Is our life defined by a constant state of praise, a constant state of 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 thanksgiving to the God, the creator of the universe? Can people look to us and immediately tell that we are both filled with and filled by the wisdom of the Spirit? Are we walking in the wisdom of the Spirit? See, church, I don't know where you are, but in just a moment, I'm going to pray. And as I pray, I encourage you to speak with the Lord, to, to ask Him to help you walk in the wisdom of the Spirit. Ask Him to search your heart to show you where you're falling short, where you can actively grow in wisdom. 
After I'm praying, if you want someone to pray with, I'll be waiting down front. Miss Megan Norman, she'll be waiting uh, back in the back as well. Either of us would love to pray with you, but I would also encourage you to make your seat your altar if you would like. But I just hope all of us do not leave here today without choosing to walk in the wisdom of the Spirit. Let's pray, church. Father God, we've been reminded today of just how good you are, Lord, how faithful you are, even when we are faithless, Lord. God, I pray that every heart in here, every soul in here would be encouraged to walk out of these doors today and walk in the wisdom of the Spirit. Lord, I pray that that we would understand that wisdom isn't only something that happens naturally, Lord, but it is it is an active verb. It's something that we have to actively live out in our lives. Lord, I pray that it is that we would all be inspired to leave here and pursue wisdom, to, to, to pursue being filled with your spirit over whatever else exists in our lives, Lord. There's a world of hurting people out there who need the church to be wise, need Christians to walk in the wisdom of the spirit. And I pray that as we leave from here, we would do that. We would show wisdom in the way that we live our lives. We would humble ourselves, that we would live in a state of of praise and worship and thanksgiving to you, Lord, the creator of the universe. Father God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would work here today. God, I pray again that we would all leave out from here and walk in the wisdom of the Spirit. Lord, I love you, praise you for all these things in your holy name. Amen.